to episode 473, Aussie Techheads. It is the fourth day of February when we are recording this monumentous episode. Monumentous? I don't know why, but I just felt like saying it. It's uh, brought to you by ATHwebhosting.com.au. Monumentous because... Did I say 472 or 473? I can't remember, but it's 473. And uh, yeah, it's brought to you by ATHwebhosting.com.au. So welcome welcome aboard. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Aussie TechEds and youtube.com forward slash Aussie TechEds and also uh, webpage at AussieTechEds.com.au. All right, now forward slash podcast, that is, by the way. All right, so thanks to the guys who tried to join us this episode in the live stream. It didn't quite happen, and I'm going to have to uh, look, have a, un- unscrew the screws on the side of my computer. Yes, my screws are in. Can you believe it? <laughs> they are in. Most of the time they are out, but I am screwed in <laughs> this time. I, th- I thought my problems were over, but alas, no. All right, this week, we're, it's only it's only a short little table this week. We've only got Shane here this week. Hi, Shane. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. Now, uh, welcome back. You are <laughs> What happened to you last week? Well, to be honest, I don't really know. Um, That's a good start. <laughs> Were you on the on the champers? No, I wish I was. The last thing I remember doing was my show notes, preparing, all that kind of stuff. And up until today, I swore black and blue that I did that in the afternoon. And then the next thing I remembered is that, you know, I got woken up by somebody. Hmm. Well, it turns out I checked the history of the notes this afternoon when I was doing the notes for this for tonight. Yeah. And I'd done the notes for last week, like late morning. Yes. So Thursday afternoon is just gone out of my life. I have no idea what I was doing. I have no idea how I got from this room to the bedroom to fall asleep. So what are you, what, you've just fell asleep, had a brain spasm? No, what it's something. <laughs> well, well, then from that point on, I had like flu site right. symptoms and so you, you know, had yeah, cold you sweats, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's no good. Um, and long story short, I, I've got, got an infection, got cellulitis where it's like mm. a skin infection. Yeah, in it's a skin disease or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're obviously getting other symptoms that with it, but mm. the, the main thing that before the leg kind of started showing up as a problem, I just thought it was a flu. Yeah. I'll, yeah, you know, I'll get over it kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And, um, and then it wasn't until sad day I started seeing the redness on the leg and I thought, oh, well, I'll let it go and see what happens tomorrow. And then Sunday I took myself down to the emergency department and I thought I'll just go down there, get a script for some antibiotics, and I'll be right. Yeah. But they wanted they were fighting over whether they're going to keep me in and mm, cut it off, um, whatever. Yeah, cut it, yeah. <laughs> so wow. at, even at the moment, even today, uh, hopefully tomorrow will be the last lot. I've been on um, intravenous antibiotics the whole week. Every day I got to go back to oh the hospital, God. get yeah, topped right. up. Wow. Get dressings changed. The, the well, whole I know bit, I know. last week I said, I was saying, Eric, this is a bit out of the ordinary because you've done your show notes. You've said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen. I'll be there, you know, and then, then no show. I thought you must yeah. have been having a blue with the missus or, or you've made up or something. Something was, <laughs> <laughs> something was, exciting, something was going on. But anyway, we're glad you're all right and you're, you're up, back and up and at him on the show oh, again. I, had, I do know what's on the other side of the white light, though, um, so... Oh, that's, right. not a, that's not a mystery to me anymore. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, and I, I know you're not allowed to tell us. That's the secret of the of knowing. Exactly. Yeah, that's yep. right. All right, now let's have a look at uh, some correspondence that we received through the week. Here's one from Brad from the Facebook. Hi, guys. Looking forward to finally making some time to check out your show live. Sorry, Brad. I did see you, though. I did see you in there, but unfortunately having problems with the audio and the stream. So, look, we will we'll endeavour to get that fixed next week, even if it means going to another another platform again. Um, we'll we'll have a look. But anyway, but anyway, he goes on and uh, looking forward to the live show, chat in the lounge, blah blah blah. As a heads up, some people might find it. As a heads up, some people might be finding it as difficult as I have to be able to log into the chat. Yes, I do. Every week, I find it difficult. I've got to log in, then refresh, then log in, then refresh before it lets me type. Uh, he uh, He's found that I found my hide my ad blocker plugin for Chrome has been causing problems. It might also be a new problem because it's been causing issues for the 
case management service we use for our clients at work too. He's had the plugin for a while with no issues. Upon turning off the plugin, both the work website and the Ustream chat worked A-OK. Hope that helps. Well, let's hope so. I'm gonna tr- I don't have the ad blocker, so let's hope if someone out there is having problems with the logging into Ustream, let's uh, turn your ad blocker off and see what happens. So thanks, Brad. So I hope you uh, got us on the on the replay there. Now another one which uh, will lead into a story is uh, from Matt Golden Grove, Adelaide. Hi, Matt at Golden Grove. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the Apple recall story by now. We sure have. The ABC did a good story about it. There's a link there in the show notes. Considering there has only been 12 issues in 12 years regarding this, I'm a little sus that uh, this could be a personal information grab to see who owns their products, as recall does not involve the exchange of personal info. As recall does involve the exchange of personal info. Will they retain data for other purposes that may be worth dollars, dollars, dollars to them? All right. Well, Matty, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I thought... uh, well, yeah, I suppose you could be right because not all Apple products are bought at the Apple Store, and I know if you buy them at the Apple Store, they, you know, they they scrape every last morsel of personal information from you. So, uh, yeah, you you may be right. Maybe if they want to know who's buying from JB Hi-Fi and where all these devices are. Um, what do you reckon, Shane? Any thoughts on that? I've I've got one of those um, adapters, and I sort of hummed and hard about whether I do any sort of swap over. But I mean, I've had it for that long. I think I got it when I first got the. Um, so I've never actually. The last iPhone I bought, I think, was the 3S. Right. So I must have got it because I know the recall goes from like 2003 yeah. to now. Would you just would you would you just even though you're not using the three S anymore, would you just take the adapter down and change it just for the hell of it? No, I mean well it works on other phones. Like I use it for um uh, my yeah, my Android phone. Oh right. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. Well you would take it back then. Now uh the the story that would go on, the affected two prong adapters could in very rare cases and obviously extremely rare cases because it's only been 12. I can't believe there's this total massive recall for 12, 12 instances. But anyway, uh, good on them. Good on them. Got to give them uh, kudos for that. Good on them. Uh, So anyway, in very rare cases, break and create the risk of an electrical shock if touched. Now, the company said it was aware of the 12 incidents. The affected adapters were shipped with Mac and certain iOS devices between 2003 and 2015. So 2003, that's, uh, was there iOS devices in 2003? Was it? I thought the iPhone was like 2007. Yeah, iPods. Yeah, they were not. Were they iOS? No. Yeah, anyway, but anyway, between 2003 and 2015, and we're also including the Apple World Travel Adapter Kit. Now, I've got a little picture here if you're on the video. You can see the uh, Australian one there, the third in from the left. So if you've got one of those two prongers, um, you might have a case to be answered. Now, Apple instructed customers to check the inside slot. So this is what the power adapter is that's wrong. I think it's it's the actual what they call the duck head. And that's the thing that uh, is can crack and cause dramas. So you know how you get the, the little slidey slideys things? You know, they slide in and out. Yeah, so you can put in the overseas adapter or, or whatever. Yeah, that's the, the slide in to, that actually goes into the PowerPoint. So Apple instructed customers to check the inside slot where the plug prongs attach to an Apple power adapter. Adapters with four or five characters or no characters on the inside slot should not be used. Apple said the recall does not affect AC wall plug adapters. Oh, good. Designed for Canada, China, Hong Kong, Japan, United Kingdom, US, or Apple USB power adapters. Well, good luck to them. But yeah, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna scrounge some of mine up and see if they take it, uh, if they are the affected ones. Because hey, look, if they're gonna recall them and they're gonna replace them, why the hell not? You don't want to be the thirteenth, not lucky thirteen, do you? So, exactly. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's a worldwide recall as well, isn't it? It involves other countries. Not yes, yeah, uh, many other countries. Not every country, but a lot of other countries. You find it amazing how this can happen, really. Like that, that's got to cost them a bit, hasn't it? Like, not that it'll even probably touch the sides of their, you know, their their uh, bank account. But uh, it's a when a problem like this happens. Like, I wonder, you know, if people get upset. You know, Tim Cook, well, I suppose he would. He's a bit of the bean counter, I think, wasn't he? Like Eric was saying last week, a bit of a bean counter. So he's probably going, well, that's, uh, that's I don't know, 10 million we're never going to see again out yeah, of, our, out of yeah. our 100 billion. 
They're a bit more frugal, I guess, with their money. They're not ones to sort of really experiment if they don't have to. Hmm. But anyway, so that's a uh, that's what Apple's been up to. Now, look, there's going to be an event in March. Apparently, more smaller iPhones. I don't understand that one, but anyway, I don't know. That's the rumor, anyway. So, look, I'm not going. We're not going to bang on about rumors and all that, as you know. We don't really get into rumors until it's pretty close to the launch. Um, yeah, because otherwise, it's just. I think it's boring. All right. <laughs> Um, what have you seen this week, Shane? I, I, from your from your sick bed, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen heaps of things from my sick bed. Um, but no, just on that rumor thing, because I heard this morning that, and I think you just kind of touched on it, that there's going to be a launch next month. Did they have WDC this year? Isn't that in January? Ah, uh, look, I don't know. W. Look, I think they didn't they fall out with that. Didn't, didn't Apple just say, no, they can't be bothered with that anymore? Let's have a no, look. I know they had Macworld and then they changed the name from that, or they canned that and they converted that into WDC because it's to do, to do with their developer conference. Yeah, that's right. I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to, I'm just having a look here, see if I can. Or, or WWDC, I think it's called, Worldwide Developer Conference. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. Here we go. What is this little, what does Google tell us? Google tells us. Each June, there you go, well, June, we're a long way off, June. Apple holds its Worldwide Developers Conference at the Moscone West Convention Center in San Francisco. Apple has not yet announced the dates for the 2016 conference, but based on scheduling information available from the Moscone Center, it appears there's only one narrow window that's potentially available, and that is June 13 to June 17. Put it in your calendars. Put it in your calendar, Shane. And, yeah. Uh, and away you go. All right. So the WWDC is not on for a little while, but uh, look, I'm sure there'll be rumours abound. Rumours abound. What else have we got? Oh, a little picture of a Mac Mini. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, you got a story. I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to do your little Apple TV story. Okay. It's got me excited. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <coughs> Excuse me. Not these days. Uh. TV recording comes to Apple TV. Consumers soon will be able to access a TV guide, set up recordings and later view them, all using a Generation 4 Apple TV attached to a display and a new app being, de uh, being developed or built by a company called DVB Logic. Ah. I am glad, and this is one of the uh, like a company spokesmen, I am glad to confirm that we are working on Apple TV 4 DVB link app as part of our new DVB link version 6 a company spokesman said they went on to say the new version of this scheduled is scheduled to be available in April 2016 and among other new things will uh, will feature lean back apps for Android TV Apple TV platforms hmm. the spokesman said so Android also gets mentioned these apps will offer full DVB link functionality, including a TV guide, recording management, live TV, and recorded viewing. Apple action to hey, Apple's action to build an app store for its TV is letting developers such as these guys build diverse applications such as software-based personal video recorders. Uh, consumers will have to attach a storage device such as an external hard drive, because I was wondering about that, mm. uh, or uses a NAS box to store Apple TV recordings. They will also need to, a device on their network somewhere that houses a TV tuner. So it's kind of a bit of a... Oh, yeah. I was going yeah. Yeah, to say, what are you, how did we get the TV tuner into this thing? So, so you got to have a... cobbled together mm. thing. But that doesn't so, matter. That doesn't matter. I can, I can live with that. Yeah, so basically all this... All they're doing is building a, an, a, an interface for an application that kind of pulls it all together. But, yeah, you've got to find your own um, TV tuner that attaches to your network, which there's there's a heap of those around. You've got to get a network device or a hard, hard drive of some sort to store the stuff. So uh, can At, you get – sorry, can you get tuners just attached to your network? Yeah. Did you say? So they, don't, they can be PC independent? Yeah. Sweet. I didn't know that. Yeah, in my notes somewhere mentions a couple of them. Um, let me keep reading. So it's like a, just a little box. It's just you yeah. Ethernet it in. Yep. Sweet. I'm yeah. there. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and that way you can be yeah on any kind of other 
other device, whether it be a tablet, a, a PC, or, or whatever, and it should work. Oh, where have I been? I don't know. Oh. Apps, apps such as Plex <laughs> let you use Apple TV to watch TV, um, recorded on other devices, but doesn't come with a program guide. Alternatives are to use Apple AirPlay to stream from another device to Apple TV. Uh, where's the bit about the thingo? That's the, about the antenna stuff that we were just talking about. Yeah, because that's uh, the... Oh, here we go. Yep. DVB Logic is a Netherlands, uh, Netherlands company, specialises in live recorded TV solutions, and DVB Link software handles four types of DV, TV sources. They are free-to-air TV received by an antenna, cable TV, satellite, and TV streamed over the internet. So it'll now, kind of record everything. Do you know much about all this sort of stuff? I looked into it from a while ago. The only thing that kind of, I went, uh, no, it's not worth it, is the only thing you'd really need to record these days is maybe sport um, because everything else is available on catch-up. Yeah, I'm just, I, no, I noticed that Channel 9 has got a live, a, a, mm. their app you can stream live as well now with Channel 7. Yeah. Um, look, here we go. Here's one. Here's this, yeah, home, HD Home Run Connect Network TV tuner. Here we go. In the, the good old Sydney Morning Herald by old mate uh, Adam, isn't it? Yeah, Adam Turner. Yeah, I can't find his name on the on the article there. Don't they put people's name on? Oh yeah, Adam Turner. There it is. <laughs> it's sort of in in the in the little bio. It's not like picture and then his name. It's you got to read the bio to get his name. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so cool. The HD Home Run Connect free to air television and. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay. I'll have a look at that. Ethernet and aerial cables to get up and running. Okay, so when it says, you know, when it says uh, you can put your cable into it, that doesn't mean Foxtel, though, because it has to be decoded. Is this something you know about? Yeah, I would imagine what you would do is you would go into your Foxtel box to get the decoding happening, and then... I think the Foxtel box has an antenna out, doesn't it? Or has like a... Not these days, I don't think. Okay. Uh, but, um, but it doesn't matter. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. I, you've, I, I've, my interest is peaked. Maybe you could do it via the HDMI. Instead of sending your HDMI to your TV, send it to... Yeah, but then you've, you've still got to have the... You've still got to decode your channels. You're like, you can't just say... Just well, I suppose you've got Foxtel Go anyway for your, for your, yeah. for your, um, your tablet. So there you go. All right. Okay. Cool. Good stuff. I'll be uh, having a look into that. Yeah. Look at that Apple TV. I was talking to Garth oh, the other week, and he sort of got my interest back into that new Apple TV. And especially, where is it at? Kogan. I don't know if you guys are interested, but Kogan, Kogan. Let's have a look at Kogan because they do cheap Apple TVs. Look. At, um. Let me have a look while we're on the while we're on the subject. <laughs> oh, I don't know where they are now. Apple TV. Where's the Welcome search? to the Aussie Tech Heads Home Shopping Network. <laughs> Apple TV, here we go. From $219, save $70. Oh, that Apple remote. Fair Ingham, can you believe that? That Apple remote, not that one. Um, this one, that little silver one. You know the little silver one that you get? 60 oh, the bucks. the old one. Yeah, the old one, $60. Holy jeez. Anyway, uh, we've got the... Uh, the Apple TV 4, 4th generation, 32 gig, $219, down from $216. It does sound like a home shopping show. So, uh, <laughs> And the 64 gig is down $70 to $279. Now, I'll tell you, between $219 and $279, oh, I don't know, would you come up with the extra $60? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. You've had, you haven't had any problems with Kogan, have you? Oh no, no! Like I, I look. I'm still unsure whether I want to buy a TV through him. Yeah. I uh, just because you can't see it, you know. Because like you go down to the good guys or somewhere, and you think, oh look, they got these TCL TVs. They're they're great price. You're eight hundred dollars, fifty five inches. But you go in there, the picture's crap. You know, yeah. like it's all pixelating around the edges, and it's just, it's just no good. So you just got to buy something else. But and that's what I think you might get with old Cogs. But um, I'd like it's the only one's bought a TV from Kogan. Uh, let us know how you, how you think it goes. Uh, like a full HD one, 
I'd be interested to know. We both would be. We all would be. Okay. The only reason why I ask because I was listening to one of the other podcasts on the radio today. I can't remember which one it was. One of the new ones, I think. And one of the guys there, he was just saying that he'd had bad experience with Kogan and that oh, you know, right. just stuff didn't do what it said it would do on the tin kind of thing. Right. Um, right. But, you know, he's going back a, a few years, but I guess, you know, once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, look, I've had look, I've had no problem. I've bought headphones. I've bought a, a keyboard. Uh, I've bought a few things, and I've had no problems. Like, the headphones are a bit dicky, but, you know, they were 30 bucks or something. They were wireless headphones, and what do you expect? You know, I just wanted to pretty much put the cheapest just to test it, you know, just to see how it works. Um, but, yeah, what do you expect for 30 bucks? Like, that's how it is. But, yeah, yeah. but other than that, it's, look, it's worked all right. You get your stuff. Yes, obviously some of the stuff probably comes from China and all that, you know, just with his name on it. But, look, it's worth checking out anyway. It's worth checking out. Kogan.com. That's it. <laughs> Kogan.com. All right, let's get off the home shopping network and uh, get back into some uh, juicy stuff. Now, let me go scroll way back up here and see what else I wanted to talk about this week. Oh, here we go. Uh, Telstra takes overtakes Woolworths as the most valuable brand. Well, how do you like them apples, eh? I didn't think. Well, I didn't even realise Woolworths was up there, but obviously it, it, it was. Telstra and Woolworths have swapped spots on the ladder between first and second place to make Telstra the most popular or most valuable brand. They never guess how much a most popular brand or most valuable brand is. Well, I'm about to tell you. The Telco's overall brand value is, and this is US. I'm not sure, unsure why this was reported in US, but anyway, it's US dollars, ten point seven billion. Digest that. Come back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Which is based on factors such as familiarity, loyalty, promotion, marketing, investment, and self and staff satisfaction. So. You might say that the most valuable brand, 10.7 billion US, that's just an intangible goodwill figure. That's just amazing. That's amazing. Just something that you can't even touch. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, good on them. So Optus also cracked the top eight this year. Woohoo! They find that little yes flag. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a brand value of 3.6 million. Oh, turn it up. You go from 10.7 billion, Telstra... And op- yeah, yeah, oh, and and the rest, uh, the Milky Way, and then three point six million for Optus. That's a big gap. That's a big gap. Uh, the rest of the list was dominated by the ANZs, the C- CBAs, the Westpacs, the NABs, taken third to sixth place, and Coles came in at seventh. So there you go. If you ever wanted to know how much pl- people places are worth or most valuable brands, there you go. Uh, Telstra came in at number one hundred and ten globally. That's probably why it's in the US dollars, because yeah. the, the 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 dudes who put it all together, they've probably done the global and some little journalist over in Australia has just picked all the Australian ones out and put them in order. Yeah, that's why it's in US dollars. <laughs> all right, so so a lot of work done there by where this story come from. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't say. Probably probably another another Adam Turner one, but I've got no. a similar story that actually follows on from that. Mm. Um, all right, so you can, yeah, so Telstra came in at 110 globally, which is up from 145, number 145 in 2015. So we finished with that graphic. Do we see that graphic? Yeah. There is more to that. If I can squeeze it out like that. All right, but you get the idea. All right, what's what's the your relation to that story? Uh, here we go. Google parent Alphabet overtakes Apple as world's most valuable company. Uh, Alphabet, Google's new parent company, topped Apple as the world's most valuable business in after-hours trading after reporting surging earnings. Now, I don't remember exactly what day this was. It might have been just like for five minutes. It could be still the case. I'm not 100% sure. Alphabet earned $4.9 billion in net income on revenue of $21.3 billion. Again, this is all US. In the fourth quarter. The figure easily topped the average estimate of $8.10 per share among analysts surveyed by FactSet. The earnings uh, earnings report provided the most detailed breakdown yet 
on the profits pouring into um, pouring in from Google's dominant search engine and ad network. Uh, Google reorganised itself under the Alphabet uh, kind of banner or parent company last October. Investors pushing up Alphabet stock forty four dollars twenty three, um, more than five percent to eight hundred fifteen in extended trading. Based on that after hours bump, Alphabet surpassed Apple as the world's most valuable publicly traded company, according to calculations from S&P Indices. Alphabet was worth $571 billion versus $538 billion for Apple. The ranking, of course, could shift again in regular trading tonight, blah, 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 blah. Apple stock has been sliding amid concerns about the slowdown in the iPhone sales, which we've touched on before. Alphabet stock has surged by 45% since the end of 2014, when it was still trading as under the Google name. Alphabet's other companies together produced an operating loss of $1.2 billion on revenue of just $151 million. Alphabet labels that category other bets. Well, I've just gone into alphabet.com. They haven't secured the domain. So it's a, it's a car product and service car detailing <laughs> web page. That's crazy stuff. I wonder what so, the web page is. is. Google, let me try and see what the actual website, the, the domain is. Google Alphabet Domain. Let's have a look. I vaguely remember a story about, oh, about that's right. the fact that it's gone. Yeah, yeah abc.xyz. As Sergey and I wrote in the original founder's letter 11 years ago, Google is not a conventional company. We do not intend to become one. Oh, and geez, he goes on. <laughs> oh my God! I'm not reading all that. It starts off with a little th- two, two, three lines, and then a little more. And you think, oh, it's only been cut up a couple of lines because on the front page, and it, and it goes for like a, a million paragraphs. Jeez. Anyway, yeah. So, wouldn't you think? I wonder how much, if they've thrown any money at Alphabet.com. I wonder if they've um. Look, well, probably had a couple of yeah, probably had a chat. Let's uh, let's have a look and see who owns that. Thingo. Is that was a car company or something? Yeah, it's something like a uh, a uh, a uh, car repair, like a mechanics or something. And I'll tell you who owns it. It's uh, uh, a. It is created in 1995, so they've had it for a while. 3rd of August 1995, updated 14th of August 2015. They probably paid the bill. It's on a, oh, it looks like it's on a shared server uh, in an IP location in Sachsen Ludwigsburg. Bit, bit backers, Gumpf and Co. Krr, whatever that is. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Who is this? Uh, yeah, the, the Bayerisch Morton work. Yeah, so it's, it's owned by, it looks like German. Yeah, it sounds German. Yeah, so I wonder. Uh, I wonder if they, if Google actually offered them any money, and they said, "I no, not tongue nine. <laughs> I don't want no money." But, uh, um, I don't know. Everyone, everyone's got their price. Do you think so? I reckon. What would you, like if you had if you had Alphabet dot com, and Google came and said, "I'll give you a million dollars." Would you take it? No, my price is a bit higher than that. <laughs> but what happens if they? They tried to bluff you and said, a million, or we go and get something else. What would you do? Really? I don't know. This is my quandary through the week. I was thinking about this. Thinking, I don't know. Depends who had the poker face. (laughs) I don't miss what I never had. No, but but you're always dreaming what you never had. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if they'd sort of... You've got to factor in things like, well... How much is the brand worth to them? How much are they going to spend on, you know, getting the name out there and all that kind of stuff? I mean, Alphabet really isn't. But then, see, then again, Alphabet isn't really a publicly facing mm. name. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. Oh, there, there probably was a story about that when it happened. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Oh, did you know about the Aussie Tech Radio? By the way, it's a twenty four seven wall to wall back to back. 
up and down, round and round shoutcast radio service that you can tune in with on your uh, mobile device or your computer if you go to aussietechradio.com you'll find out how to tune in and it's this show there's tech webcast two guys talking tech there's a joomla beat podcast there's the uh, aussie tech security another episode out this week so go get that one on the itunes the aussie max zone is there another episode of that out this week so it's all there it's going off it's all there so um and i think shane you mentioned just before you well you just bung it on when you're just sitting around and you know you you, you hear a lot of good information that shows that you maybe don't necessarily subscribe to yeah yeah no i um yeah because like getting lunch is a 15 minute car ride and mm. sitting at the hospital takes you know, as long as it takes and yeah, so, yeah true. if i have to go back up to perth which is an hour and a bit and you know i yep. just do it then yep yep um, do you play your podcast in the car through your car speakers? Is that how yeah. You, yeah. So how easy is it for you to do that? Like, obviously, you've got Bluetooth car radio, something like that. Yeah, I, I updated the... When I got um, Maria's new car a year ago, um, and I inherited the heap of crap she had, <laughs> I upgraded the, the stereo in it to a Bluetooth radio so I could at least do... Yeah. Other than top shelf or anything, kind of the... Yeah, the entry level Bluetooth radio. Yeah, yep. and um, yeah, I just pair it up and away you go. Yeah, so it doesn't take much, does it? Like I've got the iPhone six, and I do the same thing. I think what just a probably three three presses, and I've got it playing. Sort of, yeah. So it's not too bad. I think Siri even plays it if I ask it, not sleep. Oh, stop up! <laughs> Stupid. Mind your business. <laughs> All right. Uh, Apple iPad Pro has outsold the Microsoft Surface Pad Pro in quarter four. Now, I know we know Eric's got the uh, Microsoft Surface Pro. Loves it to pieces. And, uh, yeah, that's surprising. But I, I guess that, you know, there's a lot of iPads out there, a lot of Apple fanboys and fangirls. And I think if you're looking for a bigger tablet and you're of the of the Apple persuasion uh, with other things, you're going to go and get the Pro, aren't you? Uh, but you know, it's uh, the Microsoft is uh, it's it's clawing its way back, and it's also making more of an inroad into the the enterprise section with the Surface Pro. So, according from a report by the IDC market research firm, the iPad Pro helped Apple lead the global tablet market with twenty four point five percent share, which you know I thought it might have been a bit bigger than that. It's only really what's that a quarter? Of the share of the market share in tablets, Apple has. I've, you would the way they bang on. You think it was like nearly at ninety nine percent. Despite its reign over the other vendor, Apple's tablet shipments continued to slide, falling to sixteen point one million shipments, twenty four point eight percent down from the same time last year. So um, it just makes you wonder how they sort of you know the logistics of making all this all these devices, doesn't it? Like you know they can't obviously come into the January and go okay, we want thirty million of these. They must have to just, I don't know, what would they... It yeah, yeah, like, because otherwise if they think, if they estimate wrong, they make 30 million and only sell 16, where, what do they do with the 16 million that they've got hanging around? Uh, put, a, put a different processor in them and call them the next model. Yeah, well, I guess so. That's that's the way to go. That's that's the way to do it. Um, yes, uh, Microsoft tablet sales did not help it make the top five market vendors in the overall market. The Surface Pro devices have gained popularity amongst the enterprise customers. Uh, the, the entry level, the prices are about the same. The Surface Pro is about thirteen forty nine in Australia, and the iPad Pro is about twelve forty nine. Now they call the iPad they call these detachable tablets. I don't know. Well, I suppose they are detachable from the keyboard. I suppose they're detachable tablets, not detachable computers. I don't know. I think that's a bit of a... I don't know. I don't know if I like that terminology, that name for them. But anyway, that's what they're called. Well, they're not two-in... You wouldn't call them a two-in-one, though, would you? No. Well, they're not. They're not a computer. They're a tablet. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, that's the go with those things. I think I'd be... I'd like to have a Surface Pro. I'm just... I just can't spend the money. If I didn't have a laptop, I needed that laptop upgrade. I probably would. Uh, do a Surface Pro, but you know, like Microsoft has refused to let the Surface Pros be sold at numerous places. Like, there's only a few places you can get it. So, which they've actually just opened up a few more. I think this week. So you'll be able to see the Surface. You're going to start seeing Surface Pros in more places. But why they would restrict it? Why not just go hell for leather? I don't know. 
But then Apple does the same, only through the Apple Store and, you know, selected little um, Apple heavens that are dotted around the place. (laughs) Might be a way of um, not, yeah, so they don't have a whole bunch of stuff, yeah, stock uh, lying around doing nothing. No, 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 no. Test the water. Yes. All right. While you're there, what else you got, Shane? Um, I might do this YouTube one that I'm looking at. Uh, YouTube said to be working to stream live 360 video. YouTube is building capabilities that will allow it to stream wonderful, immersive, and in some cases almost in exhilarating 360-degree video live. Exhilarating. Yeah, I'll exhilarating. Get exhilarated. According, according to BuzzFeed, YouTube has been meeting with 360-degree camera manufacturers about adding support for immersive live streamed video broadcast um, to its platforms, so basically asking the manufacturers to have some sort of feature that says push this button or push this part of the screen so it just automatically starts streaming to YouTube, making it as easy as possible. Mm. While there are many 360 video cameras, only a small number of them can stream video live and even then footage is, is not amazing. The way the video arrives to YouTube could prove a headache too. Different hardware uh, systems stitch together their multiple video feeds together in a variety of ways, which then makes the displaying of them particularly difficult. So that's another thing that YouTube's obviously got to get the hardware manufacturers to um, sort out and and get on the same page on. Mm. Then there's the problem of streaming the resulting video, such as such 360 videos tend to be large because they're made up of multiple feeds. Facebook's been working on how to get around them or get around the problem by compressing them to make them easier to push down the pipe. But it's technique. Um, but it, but it's a technique that right now works very um, much in an offline kind of way. It's not like an online immediate kind of um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Right here, right now, kind of yeah. way. Yep. Um, according to BuzzFeed, there was uh, no word on when such feature will arrive on YouTube. I saw it during the week on one of Leo's shows. Um, yeah, I don't know the name of the camera, but it was a camera that was kind of like a flat camera and it had a dome lens on each side. He took it on his latest cruise or something that he went on. Um, I'm just actually playing that. I'm playing that now. You can't see it, but those on the video will be able to see it. It's at the robot bar. Uh, okay. And uh, I'll just explain for those who are watching the video, but go and have a look at it. If you want to go and see a, a pretty good example of this 360 camera, it is on YouTube, and it is, and you can go the 360. It's uh, search up. It's a, one of Leo's videos, Anthem of the Seas, Day Two, the robot bar. There's a little controller, like a little uh, pad controller thing up in the top left hand corner with the arrows, and you just click the arrows. That's just amazing. You can see what's going on at 360 degrees and up and down. It's cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, sorry. Keep going, Shane. No, I mean, that that's obviously a, like a, a past tense kind of example where this is going to be like, you know, in our situation, we sort of see more of the room on my end and your end and all that kind of stuff if we can get the streaming stuff working in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, look, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty cool, doesn't it? That's good. Another another um, cool thing, I'll see if I can f- get it up on the YouTube. I know this is all fun for vi- the video people, but the, but I'll, I'll, that's why I'm going to try and talk through it. But the uh, another thing I found today when I was doing the, the Aussie Tech Security podcast this morning was the we talked about 3D printers, and there's a 3D printer that prints chocolate. And they printed a chocolate cup. So let's see if I can find. I'll show you what I mean. Saw that earlier, yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's just awesome. These three D printers, what they're doing. Uh, chocolate cup, three D printer. Let's have a look here. Let me have a look at my screen here. <coughs> oh, well, well, here's one. Well, not a cup. It looks like a face. So it's a chocolatey, chocky face. So there's the three D printer. We'll skip. Oh, there's the cup. No, it is a cup. There it is, printing a cup. How cool is that? So it's just like, uh, you if you know what a 3D printer does, it, it it normally has, what, a bit of plastic that goes through the head 
and it actually creates a 3D physical object uh, that is, yeah, it's a 3D, like you say, do it, make me a cup, it'll make you a cup. But this, in this instance, they're pumping chocolate through the, say, the, the head, the print head, and it's printing a cup that's made of chocolate. It's amazing. A lot of things that amaze me. I'm exhilarated about that. <laughs> you need to get out more, good. I know, I know, I don't, I don't, I didn't even know there was a, a what a, a TV tuner that just plugged into your network. How cool is that? I thought I had to get <laughs> cards and plug it into PCs and everything. But oh, jeez, I do got to get out. All right, now um, where where else are we going here? Let's see, what have I got here? I got some, oh, that's a funky picture. Oh, I remember the other week. I might have even been last week or the week before. You won't remember if it was last week, but it was the father that was uh, taken to court because he took the iPhone off his child. She was 12 years old. Do you remember that one, Shane? Oh, well, I've, I've listened to the show, so yeah, it was last week. Yeah, I was oh, okay. involved, but yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you caught up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the delusion land. Um. Now there's yeah, so you would remember the story. The father was found guilty. He the the girl was I don't know what she was doing. She did something naughty on the phone. The father says that's it. Give me the phone. You you're gone. And uh, then the mother arced up because the, they, they were separated. Mother and father were separated. Then you know the girl and the mother sort of bandied together. The mother started nying and then all of a sudden he's in court because he stole the phone. Okay, that's that up to speed with that. All right, now old Ronald Jackson he is from North Texas. Uh, confiscated his 12-year-old daughter's 4S, though. Can you believe it? A 4S. Like, two years in court for 4S. I suppose when it started, it might have been the latest <laughs> phone. the latest one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, during, so confiscated during the access visit. Uh, oh, he discovered inappropriate text messaging about his new partner. <laughs> oh, no, she was like, oh, dad's new girlfriend. What a... And the, the girl's mother... Uh, sent the father a letter of demand to retrieve the phone. A two-year police and legal pursuit followed, culminating in Jackson's arrest <laughs> in April last year. Can you believe it? Um, now, Judge Lisa Green, good news, Eric, good news. I know he, he was getting upset about this one. He was getting fired up. But good news, Lisa Green, the judge, instructed the jury to find Jackson a not guilty, citing insufficient evidence. So um, good on him, good on her. So, uh, so who pays court costs? Though that that means that the person who, um, who, yeah, who pays the court costs for that? Because if he's not guilty, someone's got to pay for the judge's time and the lawyer's time. And yeah, I don't know. Don't, I, don't, I wasn't that interested. <laughs> no, I know that's the point that Eric was trying to yeah. make. Yeah, you know, two two days of bloody taxpayers' money. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I hope. Apparently, the woman, the the mother's husband, the mother's yeah, fiance, now fiance is a copper. So All whether right. or not he thought, oh, hello, well, we, you know, we'll we'll do this guy, we'll do this Jimmy, we'll get him going. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, yeah, who does pay that? It's like the same out here where you see all these um, all these really crazy court cases about. Whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, you, you know, and everyone's heard about them. And, and you go, know, well, how do they get the money for this? Who's paying for these guys to go to court? And like, say, oh, I don't know, because like, someone doesn't want to dig a dig a hole over there in the in the west paddock, they'll go to court. Who pays for this? Crazy. Yeah, I think. Well, depending on the case, I know there's a lot of lawyers that will advertise. You know, if you don't win, there's no fee, kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, you still got to. Pay for mm. the judge's time. She's not going to donate that. No, well, no, this is right. Uh, look, another story that uh, came up through the week, and oh, look, I was half wishing Eric was here this week because he probably would have fired up about this one. <laughs> uh, Google has denied giving the ALP $60,000 donation. Oh, no. Google <laughs> Google has refuted the AEC's annual report, which is the Australian Electoral Commission's report, that showed that they donated 60000 to the Labor Party last year. The AEC on Monday morning published its periodic disclosure list of political party donations, which listed Google as making its first ever political donation in Australia. So I thought I'd let's go. I thought I'd go and have a look at the report, and I did go and have a look at the report, and I've got it. I've got it. I've got it right here. Hang on, that's the apple. <laughs> you don't want to see that again. 
Now, look, I don't know what's going on with my photos tonight, but we can't see really what's going on. Do I have to make it smaller? No. I've got to make it bigger? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, you can see there. So this is actually from a return that Google put in, as far as I can tell. Uh, because the, they, they've denied the donation and they've said it's gone to some uh, other institute which just happened to have, they said, ties with the, with the ALP. But, you know, in, their, in the PDF that, that was extracted, uh, yeah, it does say that the name of the party that you donated to was just the ALP. Yeah, 60 grand. So um, I don't know about that. I don't really mm. care. Like, not that I care, um, but I don't know. Someone does because <laughs> they've made the paper. <laughs> I just pulled it in because it was the first donation uh, that they've made, political donation. So there you go. Because they mustn't mustn't do it normally. It'd be interesting to see, now that they've done it once, A, are they going to do it again? And B, are they going to stay stay with the ALP or are they going to flip-flop between the two, depending on what the flavour of the month is? Oh, look, I reckon... Look, I reckon it was because the, the... the as the as the story in that progressed, uh, they there was also this donation to I think it was the Menzies Institute of I'm not sure how much a similar sort of amount I think a bit less or whatever, and uh, and that apparently had you know ties with the Liberal Party, but I mean when the uh, but on the paperwork it was the Menzies Institute, but on this paperwork it is the ALP, so there's just a bit of difference, but I think that maybe it was just a bit of a typo. Whoever did the form out for Google probably should have said the XYZ Institute rather than the Labor Party. But anyway, that's how that goes. Uh, what else, Shane? You got anything else? Last thing I've got is a story about Microsoft Edge. Oh, yeah. What's um, it doing? The in-private mode is not so private. Oh, great. Um, alrighty. So stop using Microsoft Edge in private mode if you value your privacy. Has anyone started, though? Using, using yeah, Microsoft I reckon Edge. there'll be people out there that'll just go, oh, yeah, like you said a few weeks ago, it's the default browser of Windows 10. They're not going to mm. know any different. You've got to go looking they, for the old IE. Yeah, um, if they don't have any issues with it. Um, and, and like I said, the back end of my webpage, most of it works better in Edge than it does anywhere else for some strange reason. Mm. Anywho, it is possible to peek behind the curtain and see which sites have been visited when using a brow- uh, when using a browsing mode that should master mask this with edge there are similar features found in other browsers like chrome has got incognito mode and safari has got its private browsing mode somewhat con somewhat counterintuitively edge actually records browsing history in private mode um, more than more than this, by examining the the web cache file, it is relatively simple to task someone to reconstruct full browsing history, regardless of whether surfing was um, performed in regular or in private mode. There was a finding done by Infosec experts Brent Moore. The <laughs> file in question, the container underscore n table stores web history. Um, they're in a field named Flag, and will be available. A there are there are field named Flag will be available. A website visited in the private mode will have a flag value of eight. Generally, the purpose for, of storing this information is to retrieve cached private sessions. Crashed. Um, hey, cached. That's what I said. Crashed. Crashed. Uh, crashed. Yeah. yeah. Crashed private sessions. Uh, and then it gives the link of where to find the file. Uh, any skilled investigator can easily spot the difference and get concrete evidence against the person's wrongdoings. Microsoft is aware of the problem and says, uh, and says, we recently became aware of the report that claims in private tabs are not working as designed and we are committed to resolving this as quickly as possible. And I've got a little footnote saying it sounds like it's actually worked as it was designed. It was just designed wrong mm. um, because the others don't actually record anything in the incognito mode or the private mode. It's just a once Straight you've done it, browser. you've done it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go on. Just as you're going through that one where it says that you know they store in all these flags, blah blah blah, in a file. It just seems it's in the it's in the app data folder. Everyone knows the app data folder. I think. 
Anytime they want to save something, all these software people, they just go, ah, oh, just save that up the app data folder. Because <laughs> that's so huge, and there's just everything in there. It's just like a dumping ground of stuff. Now, look, I've also got this for you. Counterintuitive. Because that's how you say that word. We- Counterintuitive. Can you hear that? Counterintuitively. Yeah. All right. No, I can't, I can't, I can't hear it, no. Oh, good. <laughs> I've got to fix that as well. <laughs> Something else I've got to fix. All right. Well, I mean, if you take the mickey out of me, I mean, how many? How long was it before you guys realised you were saying that um, that lady Aussie, what's his name? The guy that goes in the um, in the lounge. Uh, yeah. It was Aussie something. Osmos Sid. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was that. <laughs> and there was another one. Um, there was another word that you guys, all of you were pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think there was, another, there was one. Yeah, what was that one that... Yeah, there was one week that I got stuck on one... De- 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 yeah, so it started with D, I think it was. Yeah. Depa de- 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 table. Depa table, yeah. Debatable, yeah. <laughs> Depa <De-ba> table. <laughs> oh, welcome here, Depa table. Yeah. <laughs> it was debatable. I don't know how I got that wrong. Oh, it's just, you know, this is what happens Thursday nights, you know. Now, uh, good news if you're using the Google things on your mobiles your maps and all that sort of stuff uh, i don't know we had a twang but apparently the aussies we have a twang in our voice do we have a twang i don't know apparently we do apparently australians can now substitute footy for football arvo for afternoon and find directions to Mullumbimby or gundawindi good especially if you live in there the extended vocabulary came after google which is now part of the holding company alphabet which we heard before the richest or the most valuable company in the world, added an Australian-accented voice to its Google Maps uh, this week. So if you've got Google Maps, you might be able to talk to it a bit easier. My turn-by-turn stuff in my Google Maps changed just by itself probably two weeks ago. And it was almost like it changed halfway through the trip. Like I started it and it had an American kind of voice. And then Mm. by the end of the trip, it was a female um, Australian voice doing the turn by turn stuff. Yeah, right. Thinking, how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> immediate update. Um, people are starting. This is Google spokesman from Australia, Shane Trevez. Trevez. People are starting to talk to their phones much more regularly now. Mobile voice searches have doubled in the last year. People have started to talk to their phones. I would never have known. Okay. I don't do it that much. No, but that's what you do to a phone. You talk to it, don't you? Into yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But I don't do the whole, you know, okay, Google or... I try, but it never understands me. So maybe... Because yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Because I changed it. I changed my Siri to a man. I got sick of her. I got sick of GPS, girl. And uh, changed it to a change it to a dude. See if we can find him. So was Eric right where he was saying last week that you actually have to have it plugged into... Mains power for Siri to work. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I don't. Well, hang on. Hey Siri. No. So um, say something. No, it's mute. It's mute tonight. Uh, hey Siri, say something. I don't really talk so much as issue fourth electronic speech triggered by user interaction. Okay. <laughs> what a very intelligent Siri. I don't really talk so much as issue fourth electronic speech. Oh, my God. All right. But, yeah, so what's what? I found out why it wasn't working when I had the problem uh, the other week. And I'm thinking I, I can't talk to it. I thought the phone was broken or I needed to, you know, do a reformat on the phone or something. But I figured out why. It's because because I listen to the show, to the phone through the Bluetooth, right? It hooks up to the Bluetooth, and I for the life of me, I've never had Bluetooth, you know, like phone calls working. I can't understand what's going on. I don't know. I must be doing something wrong. But I can get the voice. I can get the output to go through to the stereo in the car. I just can't get no input. And when I am paired to the car stereo. Uh, the the phone's paired, so its output's pushing through the stereo. It's not received. The actual phone's not receiving the input. It's it sounds like it's waiting for input from the stereo to be Bluetoothed across to the phone. 
that's why it's not Siriing for me in the car because it's paired and I'm talking to it. It can't hear me because I've got a problem with that bridge. I can't, uh, for the life of me, I have never worked it out in three years. Cannot work it out. I think I have something similar because every time I get a phone call, um, unless I've got the phone sort of out in the open on my lap or whatever, people can't hear me. And I'm thinking, and I'm sort of trying to project my voice to the radio where I think where I'm thinking there's a microphone of some sort hmm. and um, I'm not sure if there is or whether it's the phone that's still trying to pick it up or yeah I don't know but uh, look I'll be interested to see look I do have Google Maps because there are there, everyone would have come across place names or whatever that don't sound right there's one down here called Markiri Street and uh, it keeps that pronouncing Markari. Uh let's see if I can go I'll push this here. Go. Uh, take me to Markiri Street. Oh, Mercury Street. Well, that update didn't work, did it? No. Uh, how do I go again? I'll try again. Dismiss. No, it won't let me try again. Yes, it will. Markiri Street. No, Mercury Street again. But now, if I go how it, how it says, Markarai Street. Hang on. Let's try this. Markarai Street. Yeah, gets it. It gets it. So, obviously, I'll just check for updates here. Have I got updates to Google Maps? Seeing that we did a story about it? No. Oh, there's a Minecraft Pocket Edition update. My kids will be excited. Journey to the West skins, various bug fixes. What's new? New holiday skins, various bug fixes. Wow. They will be excited tomorrow when they wake up. All right. I think that's about it from us, Shano. I'm done. Yep, same here. All right. Uh, you know where to find us, the YouTubes, the uh, Facebooks, the eat, send us an email, Shane with a Y or Glenn at uh, aussietechheads.com.au. Hopefully we're going to have Eric back next week. And uh, what else do we want to talk Oh, the paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper. Uh, get that get on your iPad Pro. How good would that look on that? That'd be beautiful. Uh, it comes out twice a day, so always up to date. And it's just like in a paper magazine style, just some stories from around the place. It's not just tech. It can go from business to social to whatever. It's all programmed to, to give you the, the, the good little buzzy feeling, you know, that you're doing something nice and techy. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, good stuff, Shane. Anything else? That's it for you. No, 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 I'm good. No, yeah, God willing, I should be back again next week. <laughs> good stuff. God willing, all right. So you you, you finished your, uh, your injections or are you still doing them? Uh, I've got the doctors. They took blood today to see how that's going. Apparently my infectious kind of, they've got like markers. Yeah. And apparently my infection level marker yeah. was like off the charts when they first took it on um, wow. on Sunday. Because by, by Sunday I was actually starting to feel a bit better yeah um the only thing i i i was trying to track every time they sort of they took my kind of obs was um my pulse was like my resting pulse was like about 95 to 90 to 100 on the sunday and it's gradually kind of tracked down to today i think it was like 76 or something where it's supposed to be right my my temp was like 38 or something at the beginning, and now it's like 36 where it's supposed to be. So how did you get this infection to start with? What, what happened? No, no, no. I mean, I've got sores on my my on on that particular leg, but they've been there for like donkeys. Because part of my condition that I've with my disability, spina bifida, um, my basically from the waist down, I've got a lack of feeling and circulations affected and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm susceptible to like healings a lot slower right. for me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. um, it, it's a lot like diabetics with their extremities, mm. um, and that's what they tested me for while I was in there as well. They sort of said, "Yeah, well, yeah, you're not diabetic," and I said, "Well, I didn't think I was." Yeah, right, um, right, wow. Oh well, we'll keep the, keep the injections up and yeah, get get I, better. I, can't believe how quick it kind of came on though last Thursday. Like, I know. Thursday morning it was fine. Because I was saying to Eric just before the show, it's not like Shane. He's normally here telling me to hurry up. You know, where <laughs> are you? Where are you? <laughs> I sent him another text message. I don't know what's going on. I thought you might have been busy. 
<laughs> you were busy at the hospital. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Uh, all right, so yeah, so don't forget all the all the other shows that are uh, coming out of around the around the place that we're looking after the uh, Obsidian Loft, the uh, which had an episode last week. So get involved with that. The Elfark Geek. Hopefully they'll be back soon. I spoke to Will today, and he was saying that yes, time is. Uh, is very precious when there's a baby in the house. So uh, he's <laughs> the baby just started uh, going sleeping all night. So um, I think Will might be starting to get some time back to himself and not be as uh, as tired. But anyway, hi Will. Hope it's all going fine for you. <laughs> all right. So till next week. If, you, if you've got any comments about the show, send it to the Facebook. Send it to the email. If you'd like us to cover something, if you want us to do something if you're not happy with something let us know and we'll see what we can do to fix that for you so uh yeah you gotta don't tell we'll never know all right leave us a review on itunes all right till next week see you guys later see you shane see you next week